Visit our website at oalaig.org where you'll find three separate speaker feeds with over 200 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. Tonight, Rochelle Peet. everybody. Can you hear me okay? My name is Rochelle and I can truly say I am a grateful compulsive overeater but when I came into OA I was not grateful. (coughs) And hi. Um, This is really an honor to uh, speak at this meeting because I started over here on the west side in 1962 and uh, I think a lot of you weren't born yet. <laughs> but um, I came in at OA the first time. Uh, I was 28 years old. And I did meet the founder, was Roseanne, and a lot of the people that helped me uh, from the first time I came into OA, I got abstinent like instantly and lost my weight. I can't remember what my weight was because all I thought was this is a Jewish disease because it was held at a synagogue and uh, Temple Isaiah and uh, I thought everyone in there was Jewish so I was at home and then I find out that a lot of people were Catholic and you know Presbyterian, Methodist, whatever but um, I know that in my case it was my Jewish disease because uh, I came in after, well, at at age 13, I was 96 pounds in grade school, and when I got to, uh, we didn't have junior high, you went right to high school. The end of the high school year, and I was still 13, 12, 12 and a half or 13, I got up to 191 pounds, and I wasn't... I don't know what happened that year, but I binge my brains out, and uh, I get money to spend for a bus to to um, take to school, and instead I saved the money so I could get to a bakery. So I walked hills and everything else. I lived in the Midwest, Indiana, and uh, I can remember that I did eat a lot of. Uh, there was a bakery right near school. So uh, at lunch, I would eat my very, as we would say now, abstinent lunch. And then um, if I walked home and I walked to school, I could save that money, and that buys a hell of a lot of cookies. So um, I lived on um, sweets. I was not not an eater. I, I never liked food. I only liked sweets. And uh, I would find a way if my mother, uh, we were all compulsive eaters. So um, what I can recall is um, my mother hiding candy. And that's all she had to do was hide it, and I found it. And, you know, if I didn't find it, my older brother found it. And then he'd say, I did it anyway, so I might as well take take the rap, you know. But I could find it in the sneakiest places, including my mom's lingerie drawer. You know, she kept it everywhere. And uh, 
and it's not that she likes sweets because she was most uh, you know most people in our, my family were bread and potatoes and uh, lots of meat and I hated all that I didn't like food I mean I really you know the only thing I, I think I really liked was dessert so uh, if they didn't have something for dessert even if it was a piece of fruit I wouldn't even go I, I say you know I, I don't feel well I made up an excuse I'm not going to eat well we are having dessert oh well I, I'll be there you know like right away and of course I could uh, I, I loved eating sweets I mean it was just my thing so I had this yo-yo from um, 13 until I came to OA I, uh, I went to a doctor and uh, he gave me pills and shots. That was, you know, protocol for that time. And I'm a kid and I was getting these water shots so that at night when your legs cramp up and everything, I'd be screaming. And I didn't know what was wrong with me and um, I didn't know that all the fluid was leaving my body. I mean, this is really dangerous, but, you know... Being that you wanted to be thin more than anything in this world, you know, you would suffer. You'd go through this stuff. And this doctor I had used to show me pictures of really thin women, movie stars and all that, and said, you can look just like that, but you have to do this, you know. And I could live on like 300 calories a day, and I could lose weight, and then I could stop the pills for a while and crash, and then I could gain it all back. So I did this, I did it through grade school, I did it through high school, and I did it through college, and uh, man, I had really good grades. I was a music major, and um, I can remember that finals, you know, I just lived on the pills. That was it. And if I had a, something I wanted to get into, if I had a beautiful dress I was going to wear for a, a, a fraternity house dance or something... I would start, you know, if I knew like 30 days ahead, I could figure out how many pills it's going to take for me to get into this dress. And then by the time the guy came to pick me up, I could pass out because I had worked so hard to get into this dress. So I would do that. And uh, my childhood was really hell. I mean, I have to say that I never knew what size I was, but my dad was in the clothing business for women, so I had no problem. I had the same dress in different sizes. So you never knew that I gained weight or lost weight, right? Because I always could wear the same clothes, but they were different sizes. And of course, I cut the labels out of the clothes because I didn't want anyone to know what size I am. If I happened to get thin, I saved that label, you know. You know, it's like such a deal. I mean, I found that gaining and losing and gaining and losing, and, uh, oh, I found other doctors, too, because later, um, after I got married and we came to California on our honeymoon and we decided we liked it so much we'd just stay out here, I found all kinds of doctors in California. I couldn't even find them in the Midwest. I don't know where they were. But I could get, and my uncle was a pharmacist, so he could uh, tell me, you know, this doctor's got a great diet and try that. 
so, you know, they talk about rainbow pills. This is before rainbow came out. But um, I, I would take these pills and get so wired, I would clean the house all night. You know, I would do crazy things. I'd wash the dishes again. I mean, I didn't need to do that, but I had all this energy, and I didn't know what to do, and I couldn't eat. So, you know, my house was immaculate. And then when I'd stop, I would just sleep. I would just, oh, God, I haven't slept in two weeks. I mean, this is wonderful. But this is not a life. I mean, this is like, and I I had a friend who uh, had gone to a few OA meetings, and we were both in the same boat. We had little kids and strollers, and she was a teacher, and I was um, a housewife. And she said, you know, this program is uh, for compulsive eaters. I said, what's that? And she said, you know, it's for us. It's for people like us. And uh, she knew how I ate, and I knew how she ate. And uh, I said, oh, is this another one of those things, you know? And she says, well, it's not doing any good for me. And, and I, I, don't, I don't really like it, but, you know, maybe it will help you. So she did me this big favor. And I started to laugh. I thought, here's another thing. You know, it's another gimmick. I tried uh, McCall's diet. Uh, broke out in giant hives from uh, eggs and grapefruit. And uh, my mother was on that diet with me, and we both blew up like balloons. I mean, I tried all the different diets, you know, uh, except the one that had a worm in it. I just couldn't, I didn't dig that one. But um, we go to OA, and she says, see all these people up there? And they were all on the stage, and they, they were all slim, and they were smiling, and they were happy. I thought, this has got to be a, a film deal. I mean, it's, they're all movie stars, you know. And uh, they probably have a magic pill or something, you know. And they all said that, uh, I think, I think that one lady came up with a belt, Alta hair, and she was, oh, about a size eight. And she said, I used to fill this out, and, uh, and no pills and no shots and no doctors and I lost all my weight, and I'm keeping it off one day at a time. I heard that, and I just start. I went through Kleenex. I mean, I should have a share in Kleenex. I cried my way through OA, and I lost all my weight. I kept it off for six or seven years. I got anorexic, and I'm going to show some pictures, which I can pass around. You'll see some pictures of me. I got down to 118 pounds on five, six and a half at that time I was probably five, seven and a half and I looked like I came out of Auschwitz I looked so horrible and people said God, you look terrible I said, oh thank you so much (laughs) (laughs) this is the nicest thing you could ever say I was so skinny that my bones hurt on the chair I couldn't believe I even had bones there I mean, it was just it was wonderful and so I lived in this pink cloud, you know. I mean, OA was just everything. I was the first literature person they ever had. And all I did was walk around. Instead of eating, I was reading everything. We didn't have much literature, but I went to a lot of AA because that was our teacher. And uh, so we would substitute because Valley only had like one meeting, one or two, and the West Side had more. But we moved to the valley after I started uh, losing my weight, 
and I thought, I've got to lug over the hill to, to come back to Westside for uh, meetings. And sure enough, where we bought a house, one block from our house, there was the only OA meeting. And it was meant to be that um, I went there and I wrote everything down. Every, what everyone said, I was writing so much I couldn't hardly see straight. And so a lady came over after the meeting and she said, are you from the L.A. Times? <laughs> and, and I said, oh, no. I said, I'm here. I'm a member. I'm Overeaters Anonymous. And she said, oh, she said, but you're writing everything down. And I thought, maybe you're going to do a story or something. And, and I said, no. I said, uh, I'm a member. She said, would you, you know, maybe at our next meeting like to say something? I said, oh, no. You know, no, thank you. I mean, I was, I was really shy, and um, she just gave me all these service positions. In those days, we made coffee, so I made more coffee than anybody. But I, I couldn't get up and say, even say my name. My knees would shake. I would just be so nervous. And the only thing I loved about OA is. They kept talking about a higher power, and I already had one. I was raised Orthodox Jewish, and, you know, I knew everything, but you didn't even say his name in vain. I mean, you just, you know, I just couldn't do that. So I just said, well, you know, higher power sounds good. When I get there, you know, maybe I'll have that. But I have a wonderful sponsor. And I asked my sponsor, and I said, you know, I guess I can't take step three if I don't have a... um, higher power and she says well honey do you like mine and now you know she's Catholic and I said yeah I really like your higher power he's a very loving God you know and she says you can borrow him you know you borrow it and I said oh okay so so that's as easy as could be because I didn't have to go searching anymore you know looking for this higher power and thinking he's going to hit me on the shoulder or he's going to you know come down from the blue I had preconceived ideas of what God was like, and I was scared to even say the name. And so uh, I liked hers because, you know, all over her house she had these pictures of uh, the Jewish boy named Christ, you know. And I thought, well, gee, you know, she loves him and, and he loves her, so maybe he'll find a little love in his heart. I don't know. I, I was very mixed up about higher power, but I just did my inventory, I gave it away, I, um, I loved OA with all my heart, and why I left, I don't know. I left when things were pretty rough in my life, my husband um, got cancer, and uh, I had two little kids, and I had to go to work, and um, I went back and forth to UCLA, the hospital all the time, and I kept calling my sponsor, but I couldn't get to meetings. And then, you know, after a while, it's easy to not get to meetings. And then, you know, the food never got sloppy. Now, that's the strange thing, because I could keep, I could maintain that weight. But, you know, if you're not working steps and you're not going to meetings and you're not keeping contact with your friends, it's so easy to let life make it so that you don't come back. And when I did come back a couple of times there, I didn't know anybody. In the same meetings that I used to go to, I didn't know anyone. So I thought, well, they're not missing me, you know. 
it's such a con job, but I, I went out to learn about a progressive disease, and it's called compulsive overeating. And what I didn't know about it is that once you lose it, it is so hard to come back. And it takes life and death for some of us, and some of us don't come back. And so I guess what I'm trying to say is I had to get very sick, and I had to get, you know, I could function in my life. I, uh, uh, a little bit later, I got a divorce after my husband recovered from cancer after five years, and the, the marriage was not so good. But I stuck by to make sure that he would be okay before I said, I'm out of here. But I had two kids to think about. And so um, I became a single mother working full-time, raising two boys, making sure they were prepared for their bar mitzvahs and all the things that go with that. And um, I tried Nutrisystem, Jenny Craig, um, What's the most popular one? Uh, Weight Watchers. Oh, Weight Watchers. I gained a pound a week every week. (laughs) And and I I was just eating their menu, and that was it. But for some reason, I gained a pound a week every week. Uh, Lindora. uh, Did I say Nutrisystem? Yeah. Uh, The um, UCLA Fast, twice. 100 pounds each time, gained back 110, did it again, gained back, you know. I came back, such a progressive disease, and I was so ill. Um, The doctor, I had had a blood clot from an airplane trip. I had arthritis all over my body, been hospitalized with it. I had high blood pressure to the sky. they didn't know what to do with me, and he said, you know, if you don't lose weight, he said, I can't, I can't, nobody can be your doctor because, you know, this is ridiculous. I said, well, I, I, there's one thing I haven't tried, and I did try it years ago, and it worked. He said, what's that? I said, Com-, you know, Overeaters Anonymous, but I said, you know, don't expect miracles. So I went back, and I have to say I came back about... 12 years ago, I stopped binging, I stopped eating sugar, I felt fantastic, I still was sick physically, I didn't lose a pound, but I was so thrilled to not binge, to not eat sugar, to not eat a lot, but you see, I was still eating a lot to maintain over 265 pounds. That's a lot of, that's a lot of food, even if because it takes a lot of food to fill up that body. But I wasn't binging, and I was working program just as hard as I could. And I went back to the doctor, and he checked all the vitals, and he said, what the hell are you doing? You know, And I said, I'm, I'm eating right. I'm eating exactly the way I should. He said, what are you eating? And I told him, I said, you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I said in the, in the breakfast, I said, I have black coffee. I have a little bit of orange juice to take all these pills. And then I said, I have half a bagel with nothing on it, just plain. And he says, the bagel has to go. 
and I'm thinking he's crazy. You know, and I said, oh, no, there's no way. I'm not giving up that day. And I just like this little kid, you know, stomping her foot. And I'm saying, you know, I'm not, I can't, I can't do that. Now, I'm already a grandmother by this time. I mean, I'm a grown-up, right? And he looks at me like, what? You know, and he says, well, you know, and he shrugs his shoulders. And I thought, I'm firing you. You know, what do you know? You're only a cardiologist. I mean, you know. (laughs) So I'm leaving and I'm, you know, full of bravado. But as I get in the car, I'm crying my head off. And I go home and I, I said, you know, well, God, I really need you now because I can't do this. I just can't do this. And I finally, finally surrendered the stupid half a bagel. I mean, if that's it. But it wasn't just that. It was I was really saying, I have to do something. And as I was walking out his office, he said, it wouldn't hurt you to count carbs. And I thought, the guy's an idiot. You know, but I got direction from my higher power to get to the library. So I went to a library and I got out everything I could find on carbs. And I learned that instead of 50, 60 carbs a day, I only need about 16. 16 or 20, you know, to lose weight. And I thought, God, how am I going to get all this food in? you know, three meals a day with that little of carbs and then I started reading what's in everything and I did it my I mean, I did it with the help of my higher power but I did it and uh, I've lost over 100 pounds and I've been I'm keeping it off um, come this uh, between the high holidays I will have 10 years of back-to-back abstinence and I have to say that uh, it's been it's been so freeing. My blood pressure went to normal. The arthritis left. Uh, I'm in the gym four times a week. I work out. I have a trainer. And I used to say, don't anyone ever see me sweat. And now I'm wet all the time. I mean, this is just crazy. And I, I, I uh, retired a couple years ago. I want to have some time for questions. I retired two years ago, and uh, I'm still, you know, working just as hard. I was an entertainment legal secretary and uh, had a lot of responsibility, a lot of money crossed my desk, and I thought I was just the big honcho, but I, I finally had to quit because I was already 72 years old. And I thought, it's time to quit, you know. So now, this is the big year. This year I turned 75, and that'll be in um, December. And I feel like I'm about 35, going on maybe 36. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't feel like this. You know, my idea of anyone over 40 was ancient, and so here I am, really ancient. But I. I know that I feel like a kid inside because I've been given miracles, miracles, not only health-wise, but, um, but there is a certain peace and a serenity 
and I have the most loving God, and he's in every faith there is, you know. It doesn't matter. I used to follow gurus around and everything. I was the only one with the Jewish star, you know, that was that was doing uh, all the chanting and everything. And I think what I found is that once you have program, you already have... Uh, they call it spiritual, but I still kind of say it's religious in a way because this is a religious program to me. It is doing the service that is religious and it's um, believing that there is something so much greater that can take care of me when I think I'm taking care of everyone else. I am, you know, women by nature are caregivers, but you know, Giving yourself that care is just amazing because it permeates out there and then everyone starts doing the same thing because it works. And what works is when you love the self, and my sponsor always said that to me, when you learn to love yourself, you will have arrived. And that is true because I hated myself at my most fat, most miserable I thought, God, you know, there is no reason to live. And I have every reason to live. I mean, I'm not giving up. And if I get to be 90 and I'm standing here one day, that is the biggest miracle. But I'm grateful for every day I have because this is borrowed time that I didn't dream I'd have. I really didn't. I was really sick a couple years ago. And uh, I don't know. There must be a reason I'm here. It's mostly to give you guys hope that if I can do it and have left everything wonderful in my life to go try everything else, I know this is the only one that works. This program works. And I thank AA for it all the time. I thank Dr. Bob and Bill and all those people that went before me because I wouldn't be here to tell the story. I really wouldn't. I ate like the alcoholic drinks exactly the same the emotions are the same and the healing is the same recovery is the same and when you see an alcoholic who was on skid row which is the way I ate and you see that they can come back and they can have a life that they never dreamed of that's what we have so thank you for letting me share and I'm going to open up for questions Okay. Um, well, I have a walking deal with my higher power, and uh, I like to think that this higher power that I have is is my inner my inner voice. But here's an example. Um, someone asked me, uh, I you know, and I've asked this. Well, how much of this could I eat? How much? And I get an answer from the higher power, which is not much. <laughs> That's the kind of deal I have with my higher power. He is my conscience. He is my soul. And, and he um, directs traffic. He really directs traffic. And he loves me unconditionally, which is something I never 
had in my life or felt that I had. I probably had it and didn't know it. But I do know it with my higher power because anyone who can forgive me is really great in my estimation. And even I can't do that, but my higher power can. So that's, if that helps. <laughs> okay. Uh, getting off sugar is without a doubt I've done it twice in my life the first time around and the second time around and uh, I didn't have a higher power the first time around that I thought of but I used to count the tiles in my kitchen and you may think this is crazy but I got so busy counting the, the tiles that before I knew it that passed I got busy doing something else. So every time I had a craving, uh, and I tell this to sponsees all the time, you know, how about the carpeting? Does it need cleaning? How about the closet? How about calling up somebody? How about let's go out and go dancing? Let's do something. Let's move. Move the body. After I got off of cigarettes, I remember I had to go for walks. Because I used to smoke two packs a day, you know, just as compulsive as anybody. And uh, I found that the action of taking an action, a physical action, really helped me. Really helped. And after about 10 days to two weeks, it really does subside. It takes, for me, it takes at least 10 days to two weeks. And once the sugar is out of the system, and you can even think again, which is so amazing. <laughs> Um, how do you deal with anger and with sister depression? <laughs> okay, I I have a great shrink. <laughs> and uh, she's put up with me for a lot of years. But I started working on myself uh, the first time around in OA. And I found that I'm not capable. My degree is in music. It's not in uh, psychology or psychiatry. So... Um, I, I went for outside help, and with my sponsor's blessing the first time around, there were some things that she could not do for me. When I got in a depression, even abstinent, you know, you can still be depressed and still be abstinent, um, I had to go get outside help. And I really feel that I could be very straight and very honest with somebody who wouldn't let me con them. I had to find someone pretty strict because <laughs> I'm the greatest con artist there is. I'm a compulsive overeater, you know. But, uh, you, can, you know, that's the thing, you can't kid a kidder. I knew when I, I have ways now of getting out of, uh, I think depression and anger, you know, they go together, but I think there's fear from the anger, and that goes into the depression. And I can't afford a depression. I was in one for many years, many years. And I looked at the thing that these, uh, in order to get insurance, I had to uh, notice what the records say. And she said chronic depression on mine. 
So I know I, I really, I didn't even know I was depressed. I'd go around smiling and be happy and be very depressed on the inside. So even though I do think the steps help a great deal for this, and they really do, and I think having a close contact with your sponsor and uh, different friends in OA, but you know, we're all laymen. And even if you have your own professional degree in this, it doesn't mean you can heal thyself. So I'm willing, I've always been willing to go outside to get it. Okay, we have time for, okay. Self-love, the first thing of self-love is abstaining. If you ever want to love yourself, every day you have a day, it's a time to celebrate. Because, you know, I had so many days I couldn't, I couldn't abstain. I couldn't keep it clean. I'd start off with good intentions. You know, we pave our way through hell with good intentions. But... You know, you get a sense of self-worth when you've gotten through a day. And that's where it starts for me. Keeping clean and then appreciating the fact that you can do that. That's a wonderful thing for self-esteem. You know. So, is our time over? When it goes off. Oh. Okay. Hi. I'm just curious. Did you ever go to a well, if you've ever been at the bottom, you you run the movie, and uh, I run I run the movie of my last binge, and believe me, then I get so grateful because my last binge I almost died. I almost died. I ate a half a gallon of ice cream, and it was stuck in my throat, and it wouldn't go down, it wouldn't go up, and I, I was laying on the floor crying, and as soon as it was okay, I had to go back and have another half gallon. That's how sick, and I remember every part of it, every time I want something, every time I think I deserve this. I've been so good. Look how long I've been, I've been working, and, you know, I, I still have moments of free-floating anxiety, whatever they call that. I see dishes of ice cream. I still see them in my head. And I'm driving out of, out of nowhere. I'm hot and I think I need this. And I say, okay, honey, how about the last binge? How about that? And when I run that movie, I don't want it anymore. I really don't want it. I don't want to be miserable anymore. I want to be happy. I want to have serenity. I want peace more than I want that. And that's, you know, it's weighing the priorities. If, if you know this may kill you, you won't do it. This may put you in the poorhouse. This may make you sick. You know, all the things your mother would say, don't go near the stove, you'll burn yourself. I don't want to get burned. I mean, I don't want to burn anymore. I did all that. I want to be joyous and free. If it means giving up this for the moment, it will pass. 
it will pass. And having higher power there doesn't hurt. It would help. Uh, how are we doing? One more. We have time for one more. Can you talk about what you do on a daily basis? Okay, what I do on a daily basis is um, I first wake up and I say, surprise! Because <laughs> I, I can't believe I'm still here. I mean, that is amazing. That is just amazing. That alone. And I'm always happy. I mean, I'm really happy. And I have certain things I read every morning. I always read before today. Um, I always have OA literature around. I'm still a literature person, always will be. And um, I always have something that I read. I read the Lifeline all the time. And I take old ones and I take them to meetings where people have never seen them before. And it's really great. And uh, But I keep them in my purse. And uh, I do that on a daily basis. And sometimes I write a letter to God when I'm really in trouble or uh, something I can't work through. Uh, I, I'll write a letter. And then I do the other dialogue, which is having this higher power write me back. And I, I've tried that, and it's really wonderful. I didn't know I had that much wisdom, you know. <laughs> so it, it, uh, it's it's really great. We have to wrap it up for now. Okay. Uh, so. Thank you so much.